Baseball is back. The NBA playoffs are in full swing. The NHL playoffs are about to kick off, and the NFL draft is right around the corner. Those four reasons are the perfect opportunity to check out BellyUpSports.com. No matter what your interest, you'll find excellently written articles and fun podcasts on the sports you enjoy. So give them a shout. Check them out. BellyUpSports.com. Baseball and whatever with your host, Justin McAwee. Because I was on campus and I had to appear like I was one of the cool kids, I would put the Star Wars book inside one of my textbooks so it looked like I was just studying for class. <laughs> All right, look, there's only one return, okay? And it ain't of the king, it's of the Jedi. Vincent Francis Jankowitz IV. I'm a glorified fact checker. Last I checked, the most runs in a game wins. Actually, I am a fact-checker. And Greg Probst! If you look at most Bond fans' movie rankings, they have Casino Royale and Majesties in their top two. For me, these actually rank in the bottom part of my list. I mean, I love them, but they don't compare to Diamonds Are Forever. Stop getting Bond wrong! Alrighty, guys, we are back. Baseball, whatever. Uh, there's Greg. We are having a special edition podcast interview. We have the one, the only. This is his third time on the show. He has not pulled a new phone who dis on us yet. Uh, that is Jake Hahn, co-host of The Point in the Fantasy Hockey Show on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio and host of Hockey Picks and Bets on Mayo Media Network, Net Fantasies Network as well. Jake Hahn. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys. I'm glad you didn't lose my number. I, I say that sometimes to, to people, but I'm glad you guys I, kept it. I'm glad I made it to a third appearance and hopefully I can make it to a fourth appearance. Yeah. That, would, that would be great. Oh, we, uh, we, are, we are shocked that people still want to come on and talk to us. So, uh, no, thank you for coming on. So, yeah, so for those listening, uh, if you haven't heard from Jake before, Jake is a diehard Blue Jays fan, and of course, he is our Toronto correspondent. Uh, and of course, uh, Greg has obliged to let me uh, nerd out and get some hockey talk going as well. So we'll I talk know you got to get it out of you, Justin. Yeah, so. well, the get Black it out Hawks. of the system. Get it all yeah. out. This is, the, <laughs> this is the place. Wanna wanna rip all the Blackhawks stuff down? I have them behind <laughs> me right now. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Blackhawks. I'm curious his thoughts on Derek King and uh, Alex Vlasic and some of those guys. And then also we got the NHL playoffs coming up, so we might run through the matchups real quick, and maybe we can get uh, Jake to give us an updated Stanley Cup pick. I want to say maybe a, one of the first or second times you came on, you gave us a rough Stanley Cup pick. I'll have to go back and look through the. Uh, the show notes and see who you picked for the Stanley Cup. I honestly don't Uh-oh. remember. Oh, that might not be good. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll things, see. Things may have changed. Since we'll then, see. We so, maybe yeah. I can. We can lose that if we need to uh, going forward. But I guess uh, Greg. Greg wants to start us off. Is uh, Greg has a diehard Blue Jays question for you to start off? So Greg, take it away. Well, yeah. Speaking of the Blue Jays and what best record in the AL right now? I mean, they are hot. They even look. I was watching MLB Network. And if you don't know, it's, it's it's really bad being a Chicago baseball fan right now. I mean, you have really bad a team that is bad that is playing bad and putting out bad lineups when they could be better. Then you have a World Series contender that just what lost eight in a row, won today finally, but just looks terrible in the meantime. And if you watch the Toronto Blue Jays on MLB Network, look at their highlights. And they just look better. It's not you know, even. It's not even the better. same. They look like league. baseball players. They look like they're having 
fun. I mean, it's just like a whole different brand. And one of the guys, Jake, that is now part of your team, this is a guy that Chicago White Sox fans were ready to run out of town. And quite frankly, we're glad he's gone. But now looking at him, he's really good. And I think he's even in the cleanup spot tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. And that is Zach Collins. And I'm very curious. Uh, We haven't talked since uh, that trade happened. Uh, Zach Collins for Reese McGuire, pretty much a backup catcher swap as it is. So, Jake, can you kind of walk me through what Blue Jays uh, fandom was like when that acquisition happened, when he started playing and kind of like what it is now? Because he's having a nice little nice little moment right now in uh, in the Blue Jays season. And just for reference, he would be the uh, with the stats right now, he would be a leading home run leader on the White Sox if he was still on the team. <laughs> but uh, Jake, uh, take give me your thoughts on uh, Zach Collins, if you could. Yeah, I don't think anybody in Blue Jay land, any of my friends, like nobody was getting fired up for that trade. I, I think that was one of the trades that just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And there's a lot that goes right. on in the offseason. And you think, okay, like we got this guy, you know, we, we go out and get a big pitcher. You know, Gosman was a big move, shoring up the rotation a little bit. Obviously, we passed on going after Robbie Ray after his big Cy Young season last mm. year. So those were kind of the moves everybody was focused on. And a move like that, you're just thinking, okay, like I, I knew who Zach Collins was. I watch all these games, I try to follow the league as much as I can, but I didn't think of him as anything that was going to be a major impact on the Jays roster. And I still don't know what he's going to do the rest of the season, but he's in a pretty good spot. I know you mentioned him hitting cleanup and they have hit him cleanup quite a bit here early in the mm-hmm. season. It's a pretty nice spot to be in hitting behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You're going to get, yeah. uh, you know, you're going to get a lot more fastballs. You're going to get some pitches, you know, they're going to work around Vladdy a little bit. Obviously Vladdy's so good at getting on base, not only just hitting home runs, but just grinding out walks, finding a way to get on base. So I think that's opening things up for Zach Collins a little bit. I don't know. You you guys have probably seen him more than I have. Like, should I expect this to, to keep <laughs> up with him or should I be, uh, should we, should we sell high right well, now? Well, that, that is, um, that I, I, I like the sell high idea because like you said, Jake, I have seen a lot of this guy. I've seen too much of this guy and I've been just disappointed. <laughs> Remember this guy was a first round uh, draft pick for the White Sox, what, three, four years ago, and just never – his first big league bat, I think, was actually a home run. That was in Texas, and he's barely hit any since. So, like you, like we said, this was like kind of like a backup catcher swap. Nothing against Reese McGuire. We like him here. He plays a lot, that's for sure. <laughs> Tony must really like him because I think he's he's higher in the lineup. Him and Leori are going to be a three-four punch pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. We just haven't we just haven't seen enough. I mean, we had high expectations. He was more of a guy with the bat, and uh, yeah, it just never it just never panned out. So I I don't know. I wish him all the best. I, I mean it. It's just kind of like typical White Sox luck. We see, we let this guy go like Rodon and now Zach Collins, and they're having phenomenal starts. I don't know if Zach Collins can keep it up, but it's just kind of an extra thorn in the side for White Sox fans right now who are really struggling. But it's just kind of all we can do is really laugh about it and wish him all the best. But uh, yeah, we'll see if he we'll see if the Blue Jays unlock something with him, like this un you know this undiscovered power or. Uh, they unlock some something in a swing, so it'll be uh, interesting to see. But yeah, so I'm in the cleanup spot, and I'm like, holy cow! You know, this guy was a nine spot for us his whole career. <laughs> what have the Blue Jays, <laughs> what have the Blue Jays figured out that the White Sox, you know, haven't? I mean, everyone is just every other team just looks smarter than us right now in the AL. So it's just one more thing. That won't even surprise me. I, I can't remember exactly which game they first put him in the cleanup spot, but I remember looking at the lineup and thinking, okay, Zach Collins is batting fourth. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know about this, but we're, we're going to roll with it. And then it's actually been pretty successful so far. So long-term, 
I don't know. It, there's a couple couple banged up players. Um, you know, Teoscar Hernandez not in the lineup right, right now. He would be somebody that would probably be a candidate for that role somewhere hitting yeah. somewhere in the middle of the order like that. Yeah. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as well. He's healthy right now, but he feels like they're being easy with them. They're they're giving him some days off here and there. So I think mm-hmm. when the lineup's fully healthy, top to bottom, you could see him probably hitting more in the the seven eight spot, something like that. But Which for now, may, we'll we'll take yeah. what we can get. Which makes perfect sense. And I think we did lineup predictions here on the pod. And I forget how we did with the Blue Jays lineup. I think we got pretty close. We predicted every MLB opening day starter and lineup and kind of graded ourselves on it. Some were really terrible. I think we nailed one. I think it was the Washington Nationals, a, a terrible team. Mm. I mean, it was only it was, it was the only way to go to get it right. But um, yeah, it should be interesting. That that t- your your Blue Jays are a lot of fun. They're winning. They're smiling out there. They're having walk-offs. That lineup's dangerous. Uh, they're just a lot of fun. And like I said before, they just uh, they just look better on television. You know, you watch them and you're like, oh, the uniforms look better. They look those more powder like a blue team. uniforms. It looks, more, almost, it looks more fun. Yeah, it's just I almost bought one of those. Everything is better. No it's just like white, for them, whites but. or Chicago baseball, especially White Sox baseball, is just such a drag right now. I know, I know they won today, but it's been terrible. Um, so, you know, watching these guys like, man, I wish I was rooting well, for uh, Jake Hans Blue Jays right now. So. Well, you're always welcome uh, aboard the bandwagon if things go really awry uh, for, the, for Chicago sports over the course of the summer. But you mentioned fun and like that's that's what it feels like right now. Obviously, the team seems yeah. like they're having fun. They put the home run jacket on whoever hits the home run. It just mm-hmm. seems like they're always smiling, bopping around. I think Vladimir Guerrero and. Bo Bichette have brought a lot of like youthful energy to this team and even the veteran guys, George Springer too. you know, Mm -hmm. prayer, just praying that he stays healthy because he always seems Mm -hmm. anytime he dives for a ball, I'm just holding my breath thinking like he's going to pop back up and be out for the season. So I'm (laughs) hoping he hangs on and stays healthy, but he's got a lot of energy too. And it's just a fun team. And I think the city is really excited right now. Obviously the potential of this Jays team, people love going to the park here in the summertime, particularly when the domes open, they don't Mm -hmm. open it until uh, usually late May. So we haven't seen an open dome yet. We also haven't had good enough weather for an open dome. So I'm actually fine with it being closed for now. It's been pretty bad (laughs) here uh, lately, but you can just feel the energy right now because look, the Leafs playoffs are about to start. I know we're going to get into some hockey uh, shortly as well. People are excited for that. They're always excited for the potential of the Leafs before they ultimately let everybody down after the first round. But (laughs) the excitement is there right now. And the Raptors as well, they're rallying in their series against the Mm -hmm. the 76ers as I speak to you guys right now. Uh, They've rallied from 3-0 down to force a game six at home. So people are very excited about the potential of of what the summer could behold. And I think the Blue Jays are kind of leading the charge right now, being the favorites in the American League. Like I, Justin mentioned before, Vlad Guerrero is stud. Bo Bichette's a lot of fun. Alex Manoa, young pitcher, putting yeah. it together. You got Gossman in there. Um, and I think we, Unan, when we did our uh, prediction pod, uh, where we, we all picked the Blue Jays. We all picked the Blue Jays unanimously to win the yes. uh, AL East. I know some guys on uh, on Twitter got on our case a little bit. You know, these Red Sox Yankees diehards, we can you know, say what you will about them, you know. But, um, yeah, no, yeah. We, we we definitely want the Blue Jays to win the uh, the uh, AL Central or the uh, AL East for sure. I just, so. it's, it, they can I mean, win the AL Central too, for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> can they just give it to them? Because nobody give, in give the AL Central really we'll take the West. We'll take the West too if they're, if they're You know what? Clean sweep. All, you know, the new, yeah. the new playoff rules are going to be hard enough to follow as it is. They can just give it to the Jays for everything. But I, I don't know about you guys. I'm kind of curious. I can't think of any team in recent memory, but can, can you guys think of a team where they lost pretty much the most dominant pitcher in the AL? I mean, Robbie Ray getting the Cy Young, mm. they lose him. And they get better. Like, the, 
I mean, they were good yeah. last year. They were challenging for some spots, but uh, you know, I pulled some stats from as of yesterday. You know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has five home runs, 12 RBIs, 21 hits, a 339 batting average, 403 on base, and his on base plus slugging is at a, is over a thousand. Um, it, it's just it's incredible to see. And as somebody who for better or for worse, you know, um, uh, whether I should or not, I absolutely hate the Yankees with a passion for whatever reason. I don't know, but it's just so nice to see somebody take it to that division and, you know, the Red Sox and the Yankees get to play second fiddle for once. Cause I feel like that never happens ever. Yeah. It, it feels good. Trust me. It feels good because <laughs> I, for years, even when the Jays have a good team, I'm always looking at the other divisions and thinking, man, I wish we were, I wish we could move divisions. Cause even when yeah. the Jays are half decent, you're like, oh, the Yankees are stacked yeah. or the Red Sox are stacked or, right. or the, the Rays. Rays are, yeah. The Rays are always pesky. You look at their roster and you think they're not going to do anything this year. And then all of a sudden they have like 90, 95 wins and they're <laughs> in the mix for a playoff spot. So they always seem to, to hang around and it is right. nice to, to go in as the favorite and just sort of assessing it's, it's April. We don't want to get too excited too early or judge these teams too early but you look around i'm watching these other al east teams the red Sox just don't look like they have it this year no. they do not have the starting pitching no, definitely I think, not, to match yeah. up yeah and the the rays again they're just the classic rays you look at the roster it doesn't blow you away i'm sure they'll find a way to win some games maybe hang around in the race this year the yankees do feel like the the team to be most worried about and mm-hmm. they're a little bit older but I think they're going to grind out some wins. I think they have a really nice bullpen as well. So the Yankees would be the one team I think that's that's probably going to hang around and keep it close heading into September. That's that's going to be our biggest rival this year. It's it's been crazy to see how many Cubs fans are still glomming on to Anthony Rizzo and how they're so upset that he's on the Yankees still. And and, and I don't Greg, maybe you can maybe you you know giving a White Sox perspective or, or Jake too being a Blue Jays fan. I just I feel like when you're one of your star players, one of your favorites, he's gone. The team is completely set in rebuilding mode, but it seems like there's just some people that just can't let go of what was, you know, the 26 world series team. And then obviously the, just the disaster that was 17, 18, 19, 20 and 21 for that matter. But like, it just, it, it blows my mind that there's some people that can't let go of the players from that world series team. And I mean, there's been great Maple Leafs teams. There's been, I mean, the Blackhawks are notorious for shipping people out after winning championships, but for whatever reason, these Cubs players and, and Greg, you've probably seen it too, with some of the Chicago people we talked to on Twitter, they're so up, like even Javi Baez, nobody really cares that he's in Detroit, but for some reason, Rizzo just, there's like this. It yeah, won't go away. He, right. He was like the guy that was there from the very from the start, beginning. Yeah. And I know there was a little emino- uh, em- I can't even animosity. Thank you. <laughs> I can't got you today. <laughs> um, you know, because there was the contract disputes, the money disputes, yeah. the relationship with Jed. That was all in question. We don't know the truth whatsoever. He was kind of viewed as the captain of the team for a little bit. He was there through the good. He was there through the, you know, the bad. Um, so I don't know. That's even from a even from my perspective, I'm a big Anthony Rizzo fan, but it's just like, yeah, that would feel I, well, it's hard for me to say. So I, I've compared it to me losing Jose Abreu. I know sure. Jose Abreu doesn't have maybe the name value. I know he won the MVP, the uh, shortened season. But despite I mean, regardless what whether the White Sox do, you know, whether they win, they lose or whatever. If that guy goes anywhere else, I'm going to be crushed because I just love that player. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly. So maybe that's the same thing going on with Cubs. Like they just love Anthony, Rizzo, well, you know, through good or bad. I don't know what that yeah. is. I mean, I only, I only feel that way about one player in major league baseball and that's Jose Abreu. Cause it's my favorite player. But maybe, maybe it's yeah, something when you've been somewhere your whole career. Like I think of like granted Matt, Matt Sundin on the Leafs was not a Leaf his whole career, but like when he left to go to, to Vancouver that one year, 
that yeah. like broke my heart being like a closet Leafs fan. You know what I mean? So maybe mm-hmm. there's this, maybe there's something there. I don't know. It just, it for, just yeah, for me with Rizzo, though, I mean, I'm not a Cubs fan. I follow yeah. the Cubs. I know more about the Cubs than most Cubs fans. I claim to say so <laughs> some conversation I had at work today. I blew them away. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm that's that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to uh, Anthony uh, Rizzo hmm. like that. So he's having know. a he just well, he just had three home runs the other day. So yeah, for the Yankees, yeah, over there. So him him playing well, I'm sure doesn't help. You know the meatball Cubs fans. You and Vinny were just you and Vinny were ready. You guys were done. Right, well, you done. guys, you guys were you guys were done year ago maybe we kind of turned that, on him like yeah just because of his his bad back and, and i know that's not his fault but after a while you know it just kind of gets old and, and what the cubs weren't producing he was part of the team so yeah I know that kind of put a damper on things so I don't know. He, you know he's gonna finish his career with the cubs mark my words he yeah, will be back be right. on the cubs at one point so and going back to your original point too justin about like losing these players right because mm-hmm. the jays lost robbie ray they right. lost marcus Semyon as well two guys that had a great season yeah, last year right. Mm-hmm. I do think winning changes everything. Like you guys talk about some of these players that have moved on. I think when you win a World Series or you win a Stanley Cup, you win any sort of championship with these yeah. players on the roster, you do grow a little bit more attached. Like, yes. mm-hmm. you know, even going back to my Raptors when they won a handful of years ago, you just get so attached to that roster and mm-hmm. yep. you, you do long for those players a little bit. But in a way, you also wish wish them the best. Like we lost Kyle Lowry. Yeah. He's not there. I still root for him unless oh, he's yeah. facing the Raptors. I still mm-hmm. want to yeah. see him have success, uh, you know, in his career with Miami. So I kind of feel the same way about who we lost over the course of the offseason with Robbie Ray leaving. Mm-hmm. You're sort of rooting for him unless you get into a series with Seattle at some point. Yeah, and you're and not it's, for him. it's no <laughs> yes. hard then at that point. But that, that's exactly. kind of how it is. So, But I do think you become more attached. The longer the players are there, the more that's championships they win, the more playoff success you have. You do be, become pretty attached. Well, to go from something super exciting like the Blue Jays in their first place run to uh, a train wreck that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, here it is. Uh, you know, just uh, really quick, Joe, you have you've kind of bottled in the Blackhawks stuff a little bit the past couple of weeks, so I think it's time to, uh, <laughs> to get it all. Uh, out you know, I was you got some I'm, good stuff for now. I'm still here. I'm still watching every game just because I'm a glutton for punishment. Can't uh, help I'm, himself. I'm try- yeah, <laughs> trying to find the positives. Um. I, I, you know, and actually this, it's kind of funny bringing up this discussion about when, when the, with the classic players that have been there for the, the championships, when they leave, I will admit, it seems like in, in Jake, you're a little bit more tapped in. Maybe you can kind of tell us from a, a grander perspective, but it seems like Chicago media, I can't say the fans, but Chicago media is starting to turn on Jonathan Taves. Is that something you kind of felt or heard, you know, through the grapevine and what you do on XM? I do think, I mean, the career of Jonathan Taves has been so interesting because early in his career, obviously so much success with the Blackhawks, Mm -hmm. so much success for Team Canada at the international level as well. He scored in both gold medal games, the 2010 gold medal game and the 2014 gold medal game. And he's, he was even going back to his junior days, he was great for Team Canada. So he's almost like a legend here in Canada, even though he didn't play for a Canadian team. People love him here uh, in the country of Canada. And I I don't think that'll ever change for what he's done at every level of Canadian hockey. So I think that there is still sort of that love for Jonathan Taves. But when you look at where he's at in his career now, he's no longer a point per game player, not even really close, maybe 40 point, 45 point third line, you know, I mean, yeah. A middle six guy at this point, yeah. maybe you throw him on the power play. He can still do some things there. So I think when you match that up with what he's making and he's making over $10 million per season, I think yeah. that's where some of the, some of it comes in, right? Where you're just frustrated and you're thinking, okay, I, I wouldn't mind this player on my roster making three, $4 million yeah, or at this point. I wouldn't mind 
moving Jonathan Taves now, if you're looking towards rebuilding in the future and you want to get some assets back, but when you're looking at that contract, it just seems so impossible to move just because of the money that he's making, even though there might be a market for Jonathan Taves out there and his services, and there's still something to offer. I just, I think it's such a difficult contract to move. So I can feel the frustration setting in with Chicago just because they made so many moves in the off season. They, it felt like it was one last kick of the can with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and all these guys. Let's see if we can make the right moves and and catch lightning in a bottle one more time. Clearly they didn't. And now you're kind of left looking around thinking, what do we do now? Like I, I, and I don't even have those answers. It's it's, I, I think for me, and I think you nailed it, Jake, you look at his contract and Kane's contract, pretty much the exact same contract signed the exact same time, same term, same dollar amount. And you look at Kane's production, if anything, he just continues to knock it out of the park. So uh, good. You know, and, and then when you match him up with either DeBrinket or Ryan Strom now has turned it back on now that Jeremy Colleton has been kicked to the curb. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Your guy, Justin. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'd rather talk to a, a wall, I think, than him. But uh, I'm sure he's a very I nice you, man. I think you I think you have, too. I'm sure he's a very nice him. man. I, I don't know him personally. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's. <laughs> It's been very interesting to see. I think the, the one thing for me that's kind of turned people on tapes is just, you know, we, we in Chicago, at least. And I think I think the NHL in general has kind of propped him up as, you know, Captain Serious. And he's he's always got the team support. He's always got the team support and he's always backing everyone up on the team. And, you know, some of the comments mostly he made after the Kyle Beach stuff broke about, you know, I I don't I didn't know. And, and you know, whether or not that was true or not, I, I don't know. Mm. You know, we might never know. But that kind of, I think that his persona took a hit there. And then even yeah. um, a couple weeks ago, he, when they were finally on this steep decline and you knew there was no coming back from where they were, he was even quoted <laughs> as saying something along the lines of, you know, I really don't know what the organization wants me to do with the team now as a leader, because this isn't what I'm used to. And that may very well be, I don't know. It's one of those things where when the players say too much, we get mad at them. But then if when they don't talk enough or they give us the standard like, oh, you know, we're going to give 110 percent. We get upset for that, too. I just I heard that. and I'm like, well, you're the captain in the good times and the bad times. And, you know, we we have all prided or you've prided yourself on being this really supportive guy that knows how to run the team. And, and you know, maybe that's giving too much the idea of a captain on a hockey team. But it really rubbed a lot of Chicago fans the wrong way that Harry's like, well, we're not good anymore. I'm not used to this and I really don't know what to do. Um, and what, I mean, what was your take on that when you guys heard that up in Toronto? Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting comment. And to me, it almost feels like it's throwing the towel in saying mm-hmm. like, this isn't good enough at this point. And when you're making 10 and a half million dollars per year, to me, that almost signals him saying like, I'm not that kind of player anymore, yeah. that I'm a mm-hmm. secondary player and I need help. And technically he does have some help. I mean, Patrick Kane is still a 10 and a half million yes, dollar player is. in my opinion. I think yes. if if they were to ever move these guys in the offseason, I do think that that's something that has to be on their mind. Moving Kane's contract would be no problem. Like that, no. there'd be yeah. teams lining up to go get a couple of years of Patrick Kane to, to go and help them win a Stanley Cup. They could certainly find the cap space to squeeze in a Patrick Kane. So for me, I think that's a bit of a recognition from Jonathan Taves to say where he is at this point of his career. So it's a bit disappointing. And I do think in the salary cap world, we measure these players up against their contracts. Mm-hmm. And if Taves was making four, $4 million, $5 million, something like that, I think we'd be more okay with what it'd be night and day. Table right yeah. Now. Yeah. And it would just be a, a lot easier for the Blackhawks to approach this off season. And I'm, I'm really curious what they do with Jonathan Taves, because like I said, I think the decision for Patrick Kane's probably going to come down to himself. Does he want to yeah. be a Blackhawk? Does he want to hang around here through the rest of his contract and see this thing out? Or does he want to move? And if he wants to move, 
they're going to be able to find a spot just, for him, yeah. no problem. Even if Taves wants to move, I, I don't even know if they're going to be able to find a, a home for him easily. So it he might just have to gut it out and continue playing as a veteran player on, on a rebuilding team. Well, he, yeah, I, I think too, if you're going to move him, you're going to have to take a really bad contract back or you're going to have yeah. to, you know, take, uh, that, was my, yeah. that was my question for you guys. Like, realistically, what would a Taves trade Oof. look like you saying I'm, you've got a the Blackhawks would, would be eating some salary. I, I okay. Would, yeah. They'd be eating some of that salary back. You're, okay. you're going to get someone who are not a decent, not a decent player or kind of like an average, uh, average uh, prospect return. I don't, I don't I even mean, know if you'd get prospects. I think it would just probably be a really be like a, a dead contract. Like a, I would dead imagine. Contract, Cause or the guy yeah. interesting, just to, just a dump, just or to dump it off. Yeah. Some, some picks too, but yeah, you would, you would get somebody who I think in the same situation, Bad contract is down out out on their luck. They've had some bad seasons, and maybe a change of scenery helps them. Obviously, I don't think you're going to get somebody that's the the uh, persona or the caliber of what Taves was. It's going to be somebody much less, but maybe has a bad contract that never lived up to it. I don't know. It's it's just it's such a weird. I mean, granted, I'm used to this from like the early 2000s when the Hawks were complete garbage. The games weren't on TV. You know, yeah. they turned the lights out in the sections of the United Center that didn't have any fans in them. Things like that. So. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, another question I have for you, Jake, is what is your take on, uh, I guess, interim head coach Derek King? Do you think he'll be around next year? Is just there's nobody really worth bringing in because we don't really know what they're going to be? Or you think they give someone else a shot to see if they can kickstart the team? Well, yeah, I think I think that's interesting just because of where the Blackhawks feel like they're at right now. And I think they're going to be realistic going into next season, especially if they do sort of tear this thing down, move some veteran players out, really do a true rebuild where you're going to get younger players in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a team that needs to go after the big star studded head coach. No. I don't know if that head coach will really even want to come into yeah. that situation. So I think you keep them there for now, uh, unless you do have another name in mind, maybe another younger guy that you want to try out. But I think you keep them there for now. You see how things go as you continue to build and you continue to assess how he does as a head coach with the parts that he has. And if you get to a point where you feel like you're good enough to really compete and, and get back to winning Stanley Cups again, which I don't know how long that's going to take. I think that's when you pull the trigger on a, a big name head coach in the market. So I do think that he's done enough to show that he gets it gets a chance at a at a fresh start and a full yeah. slate next season to me. I uh I um there's a new uh Chicago sports media conglomerate. I don't know what you call it. They're called CHGO. It's it's almost like an uh the athletic, but for more video content on YouTube. I know Denver's got one. They're called DNVR. I think that might I don't know what other networks they've created, but they had they were floating the idea of Rick Tockett. And I said, I just I don't think the Hawks are a destination where a guy like Rick Tockett would want to go maybe in two or three years when maybe they've turned it around a little bit and the ship started being righted a little bit, but now he's making the TNT bucks now too. Yeah. Yeah. If if you could get me on, on TV flying in once or twice a week to call, to talk games, uh, same thing with Tortorella. I do not think there's any reason for Tortorella to come to Chicago because this team is so far away from winning. And I feel like Tortorella's coaching style, much like Mike Keenan, there's a shelf life of, so many years and then there it, the the that particular type of coaching is just ignored and the hawks will not be ready for that potential but at the time they'd be ready to ignore him if that makes sense but um yeah i, I guess i did i completely forgot that Derek king was even an islander and, and played in the league that's how long it's been for me to to pay attention to some of these coaches but um the one thing i've been positive is it seemed like some of the rookies are come along in terms of defense alex vlasic shows a lot of potential uh, Alec Regula on the blue line, not really putting up points, but I feel like he's at least showing that maybe he's NHL caliber, maybe like a, a bottom two pairing or a, a, you know, bottom four pairing, something like that. But 
Um, have there been any any players, any rookies that have kind of stood out to you that maybe Hawks fans could get excited for? Well, I, I do like that you brought up Vlasic. He's mm-hmm. a name, you know, I know these games, they're sort of playing out the stretch. They're not yeah. necessarily meaningful games for the Blackhawks, but he's getting meaningful minutes against, you know, really stiff competition at the NHL level. And what's he only 20 years old, Yeah, uh, you know, basically straight out of, out of college. So that's a t- difficult spot for a defenseman to be thrown into. And I think he's done a, an admirable job. He's getting big minutes. So I like that. I think that's promising for his future. And not a rookie, a guy, I mean, you would know well, but the season that Alex DeBrinkett is having is so impressive yes. to, uh, on this team. And I know he's playing with Patrick Kane. He's, he's got some good players around him, but he had that one down year. When you look at, at his season now, that's, mm-hmm. I think he's been in the league for about four or five years. That sounds one, right. Yeah. He had one down year and the rest of them, he's consistently been a 35, 40 goal scorer in the NHL. And that's hard to do. It's hard to score yeah. with that kind of consistency. So I think that's promising. If you do move on from a Patrick Kane and try to figure out something with Jonathan Taves, you've got a legit 40 goal scorer on your hands with, I think the potential to score 50 in a really good season if he plays with the right guys. So younger player that's been there now for a little while that I think you can kind of build around. It's a nice yeah. piece to have. And I actually think Seth Jones has been quite good this year. He has. I just don't think he has a a lot of help around him in Chicago. And you can argue maybe he's a little bit overpaid in terms of the contract, but I, I think he's actually been quite good. I, I don't think he's really gotten a fair shake around the league this season. I, I think you nailed it on that. Yeah, it's it's he's done better than I thought, considering the talent he has around him. I know Kane and Debrinkit have kind of talked a little bit about if one of one or the other is going to stick around, they'd like to stick around too. The other idea I've yeah. heard, and, and it reminds me of Derek Jeter in the White Sox, which I, I'm sorry, not the White Sox, the Yankees, which I know how much of a fan uh, Derek G, uh, Greg is for Derek Jeter. But uh, somebody in, uh, in Chicago media floated the idea of like, well, maybe the Hawks can talk Taves and do next year being a farewell tour, kind of like they've done, you know, the, the Yankees did for Jeter and the Ducks did for, um, I can't, I just lost my train of thought. Thank you for Gutslav. I know yeah. I saw him out there shaking all the Kings fans or Kings fans, Kings players hands, which was really cool considering how big a rivals they are. But what about the idea of, a? You, do you think that is something they could ever talk him into considering, you know, he had the issues related to COVID He's had some yep. injuries this season. He's not really playing up to potential. I just think he's he's still too young for that, I would think. I think he's got too much pride to go that route, but yeah, I think I think it would come down to how Taves feels in terms of what he still has left to offer in this league. It, it's just been such a tricky path for him because he basically missed that whole season and you look back a, a few years ago and he was a point per game player. Yeah. So it wasn't really that long ago that he was playing at an elite level. It's just, it's hard for me to imagine him getting back to that level again. So I think it's him coming to grips with where he is at in his career and sort of becoming a bit of a different player. But from a Blackhawks perspective, if if Taves was interested in just playing one final year, mm-hmm. it would obviously make sense for him to just finish with the Blackhawks. Yeah. Unless he really yeah. is desperate to go chase another cup. Another cup. The good thing for yeah, the good thing for Taves is he's got the cups. Like it's mm-hmm. not like a situation yes, where he he's does. one of these yep. older players that doesn't have the cup and he's got to mm-hmm. go chase it and he's you know has to do that whole dance and go to all these different teams. He's got them. He's got plenty. He's he's <laughs> yeah. fine in terms in spades, of, the, of the, yes. the cup department. So yeah, he's got gold medals. He's got cups. He's got everything you could imagine uh, that that you could do at the NHL level. So I think that would be a more of a personal decision for him. And I think you bring up a good point with his injury past and everything that he's kind of gone through. Wouldn't be the worst idea to no. shut it down at an early age, especially yeah. with everything that he's done. But again, that's his decision. It's his life. If yeah. he wants to keep playing, I I wouldn't hold hold him against no. that whatsoever. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him shut it down early with everything that he's gone through as well. Mm. 
All right. I got one more question for you before we get to the NHL playoff matchups. Uh, Greg has heard me rave and rant about how badly I felt for Marc-Andre Fleury when he was still a Hawk. Um, oh, yes. I feel like ve- I don't know what Vegas is doing anymore with goaltending at this point with what they did, <laughs> did to Robin Leonard and the coach didn't know he was getting surgery. And then he was then he wasn't. And, that whole that, but it, it was really exciting to see Flurry go to a contender. I mean, I am pulling for the Minnesota Wild as much as I am some of the other teams, just because a the Hawks will get a better pick if the Wild win. I think win four games by Flurry in I can't remember what round of it if it's the semifinals or the conference finals. But um, next year, goaltending for the Hawks, uh, Kevin Lankinen had a great season last year as a rookie. Not so great this year, backing up Flurry and then getting the reins when Flurry left. Uh, Colin Delia has been up and down and up and down for like the last four or five seasons, I want to say, and hasn't really shown much. I feel like almost both guys are maybe NHL level backups, AHL starters at this point, you know, but I looked yeah. at some of the, some of the free agent goaltending. And like, we've also talked about, they have no reason to be good next season. I don't think they are going to be good. So it's going to be tough to try and convince one of these free agents to come to Chicago, unless they want to rebuild their careers as, as a starting goalie. But you got Miko Koskinen, possibly from the Oilers. Jonas Cap- Corposalo, who I really like, or Jonas Caposalo, I really like him from the Blue Jackets. Martin Jones, who has been a reclamation project since he left San Jose. Thomas Grice, I liked on the Islanders, but he's not so great on the Red Wings. Yaroslav Halak is still kicking it around. I'll be honest, I didn't even realize he was still in the league. Braden uh, yeah. Holtby, you know, seen better days when he was a cap. Darcy Kemper has been lighting up for the abs, but also I don't, I mean, if they make it far, I don't think they're going to let him go to free agency. And then you got Jack Campbell from the Leafs, who I believe is a free agent this year, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but is there any goalie you think that the Hawks could reasonably get, or do you think it's a matter of just keep throwing one of these kids out here because it doesn't really matter what you do in this point? I do think you want to continue to get the kids some playing time yeah. and really see what you have there. But all that being said, you, you've seen a little bit from these guys. Like you've seen Delia. Maybe you've seen enough at this point. I I, I yeah. don't know. And there's some interesting names out there. There's stable goaltenders. There's goaltenders. A lot of those guys that you listed off there mm-hmm. are guys that you're, you trust throwing out there in an yeah. NHL game, but I don't think they're necessarily going to turn a team around. No, or, no. You know, maybe a Darcy Kemper. I could possibly see it with Kemper. I, I think that he is when he stays healthy quality enough where he yeah. could change a team a little bit, make them at least better, maybe make them closer to a playoff team, something like that. But I, I don't see him leaving Colorado. I think they'll find a way to make something work there. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be difficult for them to really entice a, a high-end goaltender to come there. But there's a lot of interesting names on the market and the goaltending carousel. We joke about it uh, every summer now. The goaltending carousel just swings round just and keeps round. Going. These guys just get rotated. No, no team wants to commit to goaltenders anymore. And I, I kind of understand that because there's so much inconsistency you don't see teams giving out anything past like a three-year deal for a goaltender because you're just thinking like i don't know what's going to happen with this guy i don't have enough of a sample size on him besides maybe the top end guys like we saw vasilevsky get a huge contract Mm -hmm. carrie price obviously got that huge contract it's a very short list of goaltenders that teams are willing to give like a seven eight year deal to these days Oof, Craig, it sounds like you're going to be watching a lot more Bulls games than Blackhawk games next year during the winter. Oh, no. I, I was kind of off on the Bulls, too. I was hoping the Blackhawks oh, could kind of yeah, me for a little bit. but they, uh, they, they, I had high hopes for the Bulls this year. Oh, so did <laughs> I was, we. I was, I was feeling pretty good about them. Yeah. I was preaching. You know, I started watching. I got back in the Bulls this season because they were just such a fun team to watch with DeRozan and, yeah. and some of the other players. And I got Greg convinced to start watching him again. And then as soon as he started watching, it was just like a complete nosedive. I think that last seven weeks after the all-star game was just awful to uh, this playoff series for the bulls, man. Game two, I was so pumped and now yeah. 
I, I'm afraid to even turn on the game tonight because I think it's going to be an absolute blowout. But uh, Justin, I before I met you, I actually used to subscribe to I forget what the service is called, but uh, the because it was super cheap then. But the it was like the NHL equivalent to MLB TV or NHL Center Ice. Center Ice. Yeah. yeah, I used to subscribe to that because I used to. I mean, these were when the Blackhawks were yeah. terrible. And then, you know, because I was just watching, <clears throat> I really enjoyed watching hockey games. And then it got good. I loved watching the Blackhawks. And then I've been off hockey for so long now. So this has been really, this has been very educational. For we'll, me. I will we'll, say that. So I've we'll have enjoyed to, it. So I got to, I got to come back around here. We'll pick you a playoff so, team. Maybe we can, maybe Jake yeah. can pick you a playoff team tonight. You root for that team. You watch the playoffs. You'll be hooked again. I'm in, but then I started rooting for the Bulls during the MLB lockout, so I don't well, know if I bring luck to teams. So maybe right, well, don't don't pick one of the other teams. Give me your I least. That will be my give me your advice. least favorite team, Jake, and I will root for them. And they will they will undoubtedly well, crumble and to shambles. So well, it seems like it seems like everybody's least favorite team is the Vegas Golden Knights now because yes. everyone's is just like yeah. dancing on their grave. The fact that it looks like they're going to miss the playoffs, and mm. I think they've rubbed people the wrong way. So that would that would probably be the team right now. Yeah, but they're not going to be playing playoff hockey. No, it's not right. going to last much longer. All right, let's dive into the the uh, the matchups real quick, and then we'll get Jake out of here. Eastern Conference, as of this morning, when I was looking up the projected matchups, we have the number one seed Florida Panthers versus the, well, I guess it's technically the seeding with the wild card and stuff, but we'll say the Florida Panthers versus the Washington Capitals. Jake, who do you got in that series? Yeah, so right now with the way that things are shaping up, Washington, Florida can only play two teams. It's Washington or it's Pittsburgh. Washington yep. could still technically pass the Pens and the Pens could go to that spot. So there's True. only two options for the Panthers. Uh, we'll work off Washington for now, but I, I picking the same team regardless. It's, yeah. it's Florida. I think it's time. <laughs> I don't trust the Capitals at all. They've played a little bit better in the second half of the season. Alex Ovechkin just had what looked like a pretty bad injury on Sunday. He went hard into the boards, and we never mm-hmm. see Alex Ovechkin no. stay down on the ice and actually get hurt. He missed their last game. I don't know if he's going to play in their last couple games to get tuned up for the playoffs, but his health is a concern. I just don't think that the Caps have the depth to, to keep anymore. pace with the Florida Panthers. And it's time. You can look at Florida and say they're unproven and they haven't done it in the playoffs yet, but this team is just loaded top to bottom and they play such a fun brand of hockey. It's just like, drop the puck. There's no structure. It's just total chaos. We're going to outscore you at the end of the game. So it's a really, really fun product to watch. And I think it's time for uh, for Florida to make some noise. So I, I got Florida beating either Washington or Pittsburgh, whoever they draw. Same here. I, I don't know about you, but I was shocked at how well, granted, I know, you know, coaching isn't the end all be all if something changes, but there was no drop off from when Quenville resigned after the Kyle Beach yeah, sc- scandal to right. Andrew Brunette, former Blackhawk and, and member of the wild as well. But um, yeah, good for them. I still remember that was God 96 when it was the Panthers and the abs and the Stanley cup. I was God uh, nine. And I was so into that series. <laughs> I was pulling for the Panthers so badly. And I know they got swept in that series, but uh, or was it Panthers abs or Panthers devils? I can't remember now. It was devils. I don't remember, but it's, it's been too long. I'm getting too old. Um, You're the last right. one here, Justin. So we're not going to remember. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. All right. Uh, another, another potential matchup, Carolina hurricanes and Boston Bruins. I know the hurricanes have had some major goaltending problems with injuries right now. Uh, supposedly Ranta is good to back up. I believe tonight or tomorrow when he comes back, he yeah. was hurt the other mm-hmm. night. Uh, Jay, who do you got hurricanes or Bruins? If that's the, the way the series goes. This one's going to be a really good one, and it does look like it's locked in. There's a 
really small chance that Boston could catch Tampa mm-hmm. Bay for the three seed in the Atlantic, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Tampa gets their win against Columbus and they're going to lock up that three spot and set up a matchup with Toronto. So I think Carolina Boston is all but locked in at this point. And it's a series that we've seen a couple times recently mm-hmm. and both times have gone to the Bruins and both times have been complete blowouts. It was a, a, a four nothing sweep and a four one series win that knocked the Canes out of the playoffs. I think it was two years in a row. So Boston's won eight of the last nine playoff games against the Carolina Hurricanes. That being said, I think this version of the Canes is a little bit different, a bit more experienced. They've been together for a while. I'm having a tough time with this one. I think it's probably got the makings of a series that's going to go the distance, but I'm leaning towards the Canes here. I think they find a way to, to exercise some demons and get through the Boston Bruins, but the Bruins are playing some good hockey lately. I would, I would certainly watch out for them in that matchup. I, I think you're right. Uh, I want to. I'm going to go with my heart on this. I just want to see the Hurricanes do well again. Uh, yeah. I remember was it they're 0- fun to root for. Oh six when they played the Oilers in that Stanley Cup matchup. That was such a fun series with Cam Ward breaking onto the scene. I love Rod Brindamore as a coach because I loved him as a player growing up. So I'd love to see them finally get over the hump and to take somebody down like Boston. Granted, a lower seed if things go the way they are, still a really big monumental uh, achievement. So we'll see what happens. All right, next one. Oh boy, this is uh, this could be disastrous for me. Uh, Maple Leafs and possibly <laughs> yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning. I will admit, besides the Hawks, I've been a Leafs fan all my life since I was a kid. Got a Leafs jersey that was. I somehow ended up with the Leafs jersey after I got a Hawks jersey, and that's why I've been stuck in this <laughs> fan base forever. But uh, I'm going to go with my heart and hope that this is the year they break out of the first round. I think Tampa, coming off of two Stanley Cup runs, that's gosh, almost. 40 to 50, 60 games extra they've played over the last yeah. two seasons. I think it's going to catch up with them eventually. Uh, I John Cooper's a great coach. The team itself is great, but I'm really hoping I want the Maple Leafs to finally get the monkey off their back. Uh, who do you got in that series if that's the way that one plays out? Well, this city will go absolutely bananas if they just win around. Like it will look like <laughs> it looked like when the Raptors won the championship. If the Leafs just win one round of that's hockey. all they got to do. Every, just win everyone one. is just starving for a round. And I, I'm still old enough to remember the Leafs winning playoff rounds. And I would, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to go to the games even back when they were playing at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, and it was great. Even back then, when they would regularly win series, they didn't win cups, but they would at least make it to the second round, sometimes the third round. And I remember the celebrations on the street as a kid walking around, and it was. Special. Like this city just loves hockey, eats, sleeps and breathes uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it would be a fun environment if they get it done. In terms of a pick, I got to go with Tampa. I have to go with the class here in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just the way they've been playing over the last couple of weeks. And and we talked about it on our show. It felt like at nauseum for about a month, how average Tampa looked. And they just looked like they were kind of not the same team. And and sort of what you said, Justin, about how maybe it's catching up to them a little bit. It's been a lot of hockey. Like how motivated are you to win a third cup? Like yeah. you even got room for these anymore. <laughs> and it just, it just felt like, okay, maybe the wind's coming out of the sails. I, I think they flicked a switch and it happened last week. They faced the Maple Leafs. The Leafs came into Tampa and Tampa just walloped them. And they haven't looked back since they've been scoring goals. Like it's going out of style. Steven Stamkos, uh, as I talk to you guys right now, has multiple points in seven straight games. He's got 21 points Ooh. in his last seven games. So he's turning back the clock a little bit. I got to go with the Bolts. I, th- I think that they are the class in this situation. True. I think the Leafs are going to give them a good series. It's time for Matthews and Marner and these guys to step up come playoff time. But I, I think Tampa's going to find a way to get it done. They're just too good. So how badly will Maple Leaf fans react if that happens and they're knocked down the first it's- round again? 
Oh, it, it's going to be brutal. And people are going to be <laughs> calling for, you know, Sheldon Keefe to get fired behind the bench or Kyle oh, Dubas yeah. to get fired as the general manager. And it's, it's sort of unfortunate because they've had such a great regular season, like they, and they've, they've had many great regular seasons and they've looked, they've at times this year looked like the best team in the Eastern conference. There's been periods of play where they actually have looked like the best team. And yet they hook the two time Stanley cup champions in the first round, just because yeah. their division is so difficult. So they had their chance last year. Like last year was a freebie. It was a free pass Montreal in the first round, a yeah. Canadian division, <laughs> and they totally blew it. Like they totally fumbled the situation yep. uh, where they, they finally caught a break. Like they didn't have to face Boston in the first round or one of these top teams. They finally caught a break. They didn't take advantage of it. So now they're back to reality. And even though they had this great regular season, they're going to have home ice advantage in the first round. You get the defending champs, the two-time defending champs coming in. So not going to be easy for the Leafs. And it will mm-hmm. be a full-on panic if they don't get this done. Oh, but yeah, mm-hmm. there will be major organizational changes, I feel like, either from management yes. side or <laughs> player side. I, you know, Does Jack Campbell take the blame, even if it's not his fault? Who knows? But we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, last Eastern Conference, and then maybe we can pick uh, an Eastern Conference team for Greg before we go on to yep. the Western Conference. Uh, if the seating falls the right way, next up, last Eastern Conference uh, matchup would be the New York Rangers versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, potentially. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I am shocked the Rangers are as good as they are this season. Uh, their goaltending is incredible. I think that's one of the main reasons they are where they are. Uh, I do have a soft spot for Artemi Panarin, as he was a former Hawk, and I still can't believe mm-hmm. he got dumped, traded, sent out, whatever you want to call it. But uh Pittsburgh just doesn't look like they used to. I feel like they're kind of slowly starting to hit that Blackhawk stride where, you know, C- Crosby is still awesome, but Malkin's getting older. Tristan, uh, Tristan, Jer- Tristan, I always forget how to say his last name. Tristan, Jerry, Tristan, Yari, Tr- Jerry, Jari, Jari. Thank you. See, that's what I get. Uh, Tristan, Jari. <laughs> I feel like he was not too great last season. He started off really well this season to like the midpoint and he's kind of trailed off a little bit now. Um, but I, I got to give it to the Rangers. I think they're like the the new kids on the block, so to speak. They're going to cause some problems for these other teams. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm with you on a lot of what you said there. And it just feels like Pittsburgh every year does this little sales pitch at some point in the season where they show you like a month long stretch of hockey where they look like the old Penguins. And you're thinking, oh, OK, they're going to run this. We're good. Back. Yeah. They're- yeah, they're going to win another cup. And they look totally dominant uh, in the middle part of the season for a while. And I I got sold. I got hooked into them a little bit. And they just have not looked great lately. They can't seem to beat a playoff team. We went over their record on the show today, actually, how their record against non-playoff teams over the last couple of months has been terrific. The mm-hmm. record against playoff teams is not just good. horrible. And yeah. last time I checked, you're going to have to play playoff teams. In that's the playoff, generally that's, how it works. That's, yeah, that's not a good <laughs> sign for the Pens going into this thing. And the Rangers... I thought they had the best deadline of any mm-hmm. team. They brought in a lot of nice pieces, yep. a lot of sneaky pieces. Andrew Kopp being the biggest name coming over from Winnipeg. I thought they added some other nice sneaky pieces like a Frank Vitrano uh, who sort of got lost in the shuffle yep. where he's been at other parts of his career. And he's a guy that can finish and score. So I like the Rangers. I think they're deep. I I don't think they get enough credit for what they do defensively. And as good as Igor Shosturkin has been between the pipes this year, he's probably going to win the Vesna trophy and he yes. might be the best goaltender heading into the playoffs. They also do a really good job limiting high danger chances and making it as easy as possible for their goaltenders. So I think that's a recipe for the Rangers to, to win this series. They've also been amazing at Madison square garden this year, and they're going to have home ice advantage. So I, I think that factors in as well. I, I you nailed it. I, I think, I think they, they could be not to call, you know, a, a 108 point team at this point, a dark horse, but they, they could very well be somebody to catch people off guard, but maybe that can be Greg's team. Maybe they, he can, maybe he can take the Rangers. Rangers I, I could see it. I could see it. happen. I was thinking that too. Uh, Greg, how do you feel? What, what team are you leaning towards for the Eastern conference based on the 
what you know about hockey, the logos, the color schemes, the jer- the, the jerseys. What what do you want for your Eastern Conference team? Well, I'll just say this. If you boys want your Maple Leafs to win, here's Jake picking the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in the upset. Why don't you just give me a Tampa Bay gear? And your Ooh, Maple Leafs go all the all way. All right. All right. <laughs> that'll, make, that'll make the podcast more interesting when I'm freaking out. And you can be like, oh, Lightning fan for life over here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> since since, 20, since uh, 2022 started, that has been the story of my life. You know, oh, you know, MLB lockouts. Like, okay, I can watch the Bulls for a little bit. Then they start to get hurt and they suck. White Sox are terrible right now. So right. there you go. I hope you boys out. All right, by, we'll, we'll, uh, wearing, we'll give. Uh, uh, all right, you know they that, have pretty decent uniforms, right? I'm behind on the hot. I'm behind on the hockey sweaters a little bit. So. They're much more classic than what they used to be when they came in. Yes, the actually. So I gotta do some. Uh, I gotta do some uh, looking at that. But yeah, no. Well, all you, right. I'm a big I'm New York Rangers. Like they don't. They don't really do it. For They're not me. calling out to you. I know New you're not York, a big New York. York really team. not my thing. Yeah. So. I saw a kid at work today with a Sidney Crosby jersey. He's 87, right? Yes. Yeah. That kid, that kid's kind of a jerk. So I'm just like, I don't know if I'm rooting for Pittsburgh. I totally but. turned you off to the Penguins now <laughs> for life. I was actually watching that. Oh, this was like, oh, this was like what 12 years ago or something when Sidney Crosby took that shot to the face and just oh. lost his entire, you know, front teeth or something yep. like that. So uh, I remember I was watching that, that game. Just but, uh, made my mouth hurt thinking about that again. <laughs> uh, sure you guys right. know what I'm talking about. So yes, yeah, so I, I do know exactly I'll, what you're talking I about. I will. I will start looking into the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, wow! And I'll learn All more right. about them, and you you guys just see where this goes until you know they win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and everything, and then you guys are going to come back with your uh, pitch. Three time champs. So. We'll be. Well, I'm going to be hunting you down. Let me so, yeah, and then uh, here, I here I am trying to enter the Toronto fan base a little bit by entering <laughs> by wearing Tampa Bay Lightning shirts. I don't know if that's the best course of action here, but uh, well, when yeah, I rip this is the is the clip for Twitter, and I tag the Maple Leafs and uh, Jake and uh, you know all the hockey fans start coming for you. You'll, you'll feel the brunt of the yeah. Toronto fan base on Twitter. That's okay. Any attention is good attention for the uh, podcast. They can't be any worse than the right. fan base. So, all right, let's get to the Western Conference real quick, and then we'll call it a night. Uh, first matchup is, is looking like uh, Colorado Avalanche, 116 points as of this morning versus the Dallas Stars, who uh, turned it on here at the end to kind of find their way in the playoffs and kind of hopefully, fingers crossed, I am one of those people hoping they kind of keep Vegas out because it seemed like they need to, to, to chase Dallas at this point um, as opposed to L.A., uh, Jake, what are you thinking for abs stars? I have an idea, but I, I just want to hear you say it first. <laughs> yeah. And as I'm talking to you guys right now, the, uh, stars are winning their game against Arizona three, nothing. Okay. So they're taking care of business. They win that game. They're in the playoffs. There's no reason they should be losing to the Arizona Coyotes. No. So Dallas is in. I'll say it right now. I'll guarantee it that they finish this game out and they'll make the playoffs. That'll sound bad if they blow this game against <laughs> Arizona, but I think Dallas is going to be in. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't like Dallas as a team. I think is going to make some noise this year. They're, they're a one-line hockey team, and a yes. one-line team does not do well in the playoffs. You no. need to have more past that, and it's great to have that stacked top line, and it might actually be one of the best top lines in the NHL, the way that these guys play, Robertson, Pavelski, and Hints, but there's just not a lot past that line that really scares you, and you're going to go up against a deep team like the Avs possibly in the first round. I think it has, but they have potential just to get smoked here. So I feel like they could maybe win a game, especially at on home ice where they've usually played quite well in Dallas. That's about as far as I'll, I'll take it. I, I think the abs smoke whoever they play in the first round. Yes. Uh, the, the avalanche just uh, much like the Panthers this season, they are just on a whole nother level, which yeah. is really exciting to see credit to Joe Sackick for finally, you know, twisting the gears and turning the knobs to make it turn out this way. I, if you would have told me Nazem Kadri would go there and be as successful as he has been, um, given his kind it's of up and down, 
his up and down. Just don't get with suspended the in the playoffs. That's no, the only please, thing, right? That's, please that's don't do that again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I got to go abs on that one too. And, uh, it'll, you know, it'll be very exciting. I love Kale McCarr since he came into the league. It's, it's just been great to see how they've developed and kind of come about. So I think this is the next, um, the next challenge for them is to, you know, find their way through the second and third round. But all right, if things hold the way they are, the next matchup would be the Calgary flames and the Nashville predators, uh, as a Blackhawks fan who, Simply cannot stand Nashville's organization for them trying to keep Hawks fans out of the games and all the ticket uh, charades yep. they did a couple of years I was ago. In, I was actually in Nashville when the Hawks were uh, in town that one time. Really? Oh, so, yeah. And they, they they probably wouldn't sell you a ticket. if they. I know for a while they were checking driver's licenses and, st- and IP addresses. And if you were from Chicago, they were not going to let you purchase tickets because the, the Chicago fans traveled so well down there for a, t- a certain period this was, of time. I remember this wasn't a playoff game, I don't think. But uh, they're still, I mean, they're, they're not too friendly to the, uh, to the Blackhawks fans. Nope out there just people from chicago in general i had to tell them i was from uh maine they accepted oh. me. Oh, so that works, <laughs> works every time <laughs> works every there's nothing time. bad about maine um all right i'm gonna go uh having sutter back as the coach uh i'm gonna go flames i think it's kind of surprising to see how well they're playing this year uh granted yeah. in especially with losing giordano last you know they're at the beginning of the season during the expansion draft and all that uh, they haven't missed a beat, so I'm going to go Flames on this one, Jake. What about you? Yeah, the the all country showdown here. You've got yeah. the country south with the you know I guess the the capital of country in the United States, and then the capital of country in Canada in Calgary. So that's kind kind of interesting to me. A lot of country music in mm-hmm. this one. And was that really the country music capital in? The I, I don't. I kind of oh. made that up, but it feels oh. like. It. Well, it feels I, like I want to okay, that's interesting. I want to say in case there was well, one. Calgary, is, <laughs> okay. they, they still play at the Saddle Dome, right? And it's real they big. Do. Is it ranching and in rodeo ranching, stuff? Uh, th- yeah, they have the. Uh, they, they have the rodeo there uh, every year. The Calgary Stampede is there okay. every year as well, which is sort of a, a famous thing here in Canada. Everybody should try to get to at least once. But uh, I'm with you on the Flames. I didn't see the Flames coming at all this year. No, like if you go back and look at my preseason predictions, I don't even think I had them close to the playoffs. <laughs> and it only took me about a few weeks into the season to go, okay, I was dead wrong on this team. Like they, they look like a completely different team. This is the same team that couldn't even make the playoffs in the Canadian division last yeah, year. That's and it right, was a weak yeah. division past Toronto and Edmonton. Like the teams, nobody seemed to want a spot. Montreal, Winnipeg ended up making it, but the Habs were not a great team throughout the regular season. So the Flames couldn't even make it in that division. And I don't know what happened in the offseason, if it was just as simple as Daryl Sutter having a full offseason and a full training camp with this team. But it's amazing what he's been able to do and what he's been able to unlock with a roster that basically is almost the same as the roster yeah. that we saw last year. So I don't know what happened. I don't know where this came from, from the Flames, but it is totally legit. And I, I think that they're going to beat Nashville or Dallas, who, who, however this ends up falling. Yeah, however it falls. Yeah. yeah, I will definitely echo every sentiment you said there. Uh, next matchup. Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues. Since oh, the Red Wings, this have, one. since the Red Wings have left the uh, the Western Conference and the Central Division, the Blues are pretty much the biggest Hawks rival. Although now it's not much of a rivalry anymore. Uh, but I, I got a pull from Mark Andre Fleury, so I'm going to go Minnesota Wild. I also think it's funny that the two one, two of the biggest free agent signings they had, Ryan Suter and uh, Zach Parise, are sent out. They're shipped out, and the team has not looked any better probably in the last decade. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal how they're playing right now. So I'm going to go Minnesota wild on this one. I think it's going to be a great matchup though, for sure. 
this is the first round series I'm most excited for. And to me, it's not even really close. Like I think both of these teams are so good. And unfortunately one of them is going to have to go out in the first round, but I think whoever wins this series has legit potential to win the Stanley cup. So I, I think that this is a really good matchup that you could make a case should be like a third round matchup. It's that good. I'm going to go with St. Louis here. I'm going to lean Ooh. towards the blues. I think it's going to be really good. And I'm with you in terms of sort of sneaky pulling for Minnesota because mm-hmm. I, I like the wild. I like their fans, you know, Minnesota sports fans. They've had a tough go of things. They don't have anything to cheer for. The Vikings always let them down. The twins don't really get it done for them. <laughs> it's like, they just, you know, the, the Timberwolves, they made the playoffs this year. So that's yeah. good, good to see, but they don't really get a, get much to get excited for. I know how much they love hockey in that state as well. So a nice Minnesota wild run would be, I think really cool for that fan base, but I'm still going to go with St. Louis. They're just so deep and yeah. what they have to offer. I actually think this blues team is better than the team that won the Stanley cup a few years ago. So I'm going to go with St. Louis, but I think this is going to be a long drawn out seven one. game series. That's just going to be so entertaining to watch. If you have a chance nice. to, to watch any playoffs here, playoffs uh, in the first round. I think this Check is the one you're going to want to tune into. I think you're right. I think you're right. I know, I know Minnesota is not a team Greg will be rooting for, though, because I was gonna he, say these you cities, hate the Twins with a passion. Well, Greg. I do. I'm not a big fan of these cities, but Jake's telling me this is going to be good hockey. I like good hockey. So well, I, I'm rooting for Cardinals or Twins. So. Oh, God, yeah. Is that wild blues? Okay. Yeah, if Jake right. says it's good, I'll take him his word for it. So. All right. The last one, uh, if the seating holds true, we are looking at the Edmonton Oilers versus the Los Angeles Kings, the battle of Gretzky, I guess you could call it. Yeah, Uh, I have a soft spot for the Kings. (laughs) I love Luke Robitaille and Gretzky and Rob Blake and I'm still trying to find a Kelly Rudy jersey. I don't know why, but I am. And I think their uh, logo so made your top five. It did. I have episodes and my, my old style, old Kings hat is. right here. Yep. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah, that's they, they were like my I was that was my NHL 94 team was the LA Kings. So I grew up liking <laughs> them as well. Uh, so I'm going to go with my heart again, as seems to be the trend here. And I'm going to go Los Angeles Kings. A, because I enjoy watching the Kings play, get to catch the late games usually at night uh, and B. As great as McDavid and Dreisaitl are, there's something to be said about taking the world's best and having them get down, knocked down a couple pegs. Uh, and the, the Edmonton organization, I feel like, has been kind of a tire fire at times. So um, in terms of a new story over the summer, seeing them make a first round exit would just be hysterical to watch. Uh, so I'm going to be a jerk and I'm going to say the Kings uh, Kings on this one. But I could see it definitely going the Oilers way this year. Yeah, well, the Oilers have been playing, to me, some of the best hockey yes, they have playing in a while over the last couple months. So I... As, as someone that's always been a bit of a detractor when it comes to Edmonton, I've never really bought into what they've built there. Obviously, they have a couple of really great players, maybe two of the best players mm-hmm. in the world, but the rest of the, the team leaves much to be desired for me. But they found something here late, so maybe it's something that can carry over into the playoffs. I've been on L.A. since the start of the season as a dark horse team, as a team not necessarily that could win the cup, but I think could make the playoffs. And here we are. They made the playoffs. They found a way to get in on that three seed. So I'm going to keep rolling with the Kings here. I got to take an upset at some point. I think it's going to be the Kings. I think they find a way to grind out Edmonton. And the matchup I really like here, you look at McDavid, you look at Drysaddle, what Edmonton can do down the middle of the ice. I think the Kings can match that with Andre Kopitar and Philippe Deneau down the middle of the ice. I think those are two of the best two-way centers in the game. And when it comes to playoff hockey, it can be a little bit of a grind, lower scoring. I think that's how LA is going to approach this series. And I really like how their second line matches up against the potential second line for the Oilers. So you can play the matchup game. I think LA can very much get this done, but it's what you said. It, Edmonton's been a tire fire for a little while. And I think <laughs> things could get crazy if they lose this series because 
they have to win this. Like this oh, is yeah. like it's time for Edmonton to make some noise in the playoffs. You can't continue to waste prime years of Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the world. So yeah. this is a make it or break yeah. the time for the Oilers. And if the Oilers do win, I, I'll you know I know I'm picking LA here. You're picking LA as well. If the Oilers win and the Flames win, that sets up a battle of Alberta in the second Ooh, round, Edmonton true. and Calgary. So part of me does want to see that because I think it would be really good. There's a lot of bad, bad blood between those two fan bases, and that could really reignite the battle of Alberta rivalry, which has been a little stale for the last 20 years or so. So I, I'm I'm kind of sneaky pulling for that in a way. I I yeah, that would be if they don't make it to the second round. I've foresee uh torches and pitchforks yes. surrounding <laughs> the new Oilers stadium that they built uh, was a couple of years ago. So all yeah, right, before, before we wrap up, Greg, you, you got a team calling to you for the Western conference that you can follow this, this playoff season. I think I'm going with the flames, the flames. Okay. All nice. right. Nice. Uh, like that that is a solid yeah. pick. Um, Love the classic uh, sweaters that they brought back. They ditched the, the black oh, I gotta ones. check those out too. Then. They're, they're pretty sharp. So, uh, all right, before Jake, before we let you go, we can't let you off the hook. Uh, hey, you have to pick one right now. Who do you think Stanley Cup winner when, when it's all said and done? It, it's difficult. I can make a case for a bunch of different teams here, but I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues. I think they run it back mm. from a few years ago. At, again, it comes down to you know what we talked about with that series. I could easily see them losing in the first round to Minnesota because I think Minnesota is that good. But if I feel like they can get through Minnesota, th- their path is about as difficult as it's going to get. It's going to be Minnesota, probably Colorado in the second mm-hmm. round, and then most likely a Calgary or an Edmonton in round number three. So difficult path for St. Louis. I think they're up for it. I'm going to go with the Blues. And from the Eastern Conference side, Let's throw the Rangers in there. Let's go a Blues Rangers Stanley Cup. That would be a good series. Yeah, let's let's mix it up a little bit. So Blues Rangers for me. You've heard it there first, folks. Uh, When that happens, make sure you congratulate Jay Khan on Twitter about that. (laughs) And if it doesn't... And if it doesn't, don't don't uh, come don't, at me. don't add yeah. him. No, please don't add him. We, we, we want him to come back. We don't need people yeah. giving him a hard time. So, well, uh, Greg, anything else you want to add before we call it a night? No, there's been a lot of fun. I've learned a little bit about uh, hockey. And uh, now we've got to say a little hype for the uh, the playoffs now a little bit. Now they've got a couple of teams on the radar. There's, there's so something there's to be something said to here. For playoff hockey, even like when the Hawks were garbage, and you know, gosh, this was bad. And you when- know, you that is that is very true. Even as someone who knows very very little about hockey, but very much enjoys watching it. Yes, there is an atmosphere of playoff hockey, even on television. That is yes. just that is just you. That energy is uh, incredible. So yeah, there's there's a certain physicality it. that I love. That the scrums after every yes. whistle because there's no usually fighting in the playoffs, and it's just it's it's just so um, exciting. Especially when and you're sitting back from afar and you're just kind of mm-hmm. ah, well, I like this other team. Eh, it's not that bad, and you kind of run with them. But it's it's definitely a lot of fun. And we have fans back now. Finally, yeah. it's, we've yeah. had you know a tumultuous last couple of years with COVID and everything like mm-hmm. that. And I know south of the border last year they were able to have some fans, and north of yeah. the border we couldn't. So it'll be nice to see every barn completely full, yep. fans rocking. Because I think that that's one of the major selling points about the playoffs. Is it's just you know so loud. The fans are so passionate. The first round to me is unmatched. You get yes. four or five games every single night. You're yep. flipping around. It's, it's a lot part. of fun. So I'm I'm as fired up as I can be here for next week. 
Yeah, awesome. Greg, if you tune into a Flames game, check out when they're at home. They have what they call the sea of red, where every single fan wears red. Uh, it's it's really right. cool. There we go. Everyone really owns cool. a jersey in Calgary. Yes. There's not a single person that doesn't okay. own a jersey. If you don't, I don't think they let you in the stadium. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So. They take you away in handcuffs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't care they, about the ticket. They want to see the jersey. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> They ship you out to like the Northwest Territories or something, which I don't, it could be lovely up there. I honestly, as an American, I don't know what's up there. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be I don't even know what's up there. So okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, all right. Well, Jake, anything else you want to plug before we let you go? Yeah, well, I'll continue uh, doing my videos for Mayo Media Network, giving out some gambling advice, kind of going through the games, you know, what I like on that night. So we'll be doing that throughout the playoffs as well. And just tune into my show one to three Eastern time. It's called The Point on Sirius XM Monday to Friday. So that's where you can catch me uh, throughout the playoffs. we got a, a, a long, fun uh, run, uh, run ahead of us here over the next couple months to hand out this cup. All right. Well, there you have it. There's Jay Khan from Sirius XM NHL Network and Mayo Media's Hockey Picks and Bets. Uh, you know Greg and I, Baseball and whatever. Feel free to find us on Twitter at Baseball and What, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Baseball and What, or Instagram uh, at Baseball and Whatever. You know the text line, the voicemail line. Uh, leave us a voicemail. If it's like Greg's, I can censor it again. We'll see if Greg has any angry White Sox voicemails to leave us this week. But uh, tune in again, and uh, we will see you all next time. Jake, thank you again so much. Greg, thank you again for stopping in. Absolutely. And uh, Thank you take- again, Jake. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Always great talking to you, boys. <laughs> all righty. Take care, guys.